The Central Epidemic Command Center reported 355 cases of COVID-19, of which 266 were local infections that were reported on Sunday, and 89 were retroactively added to the case counts of previous days. New Taipei had the highest count at 193. There were also 10 COVID-related deaths, bringing the nation's death toll to 109. As for the 260,000 remaining doses of the recently arrived 410,000 AstraZeneca vaccines, CECC Commander Chen Shizhong says they'll be distributed among local governments starting tomorrow and administered according to the priority levels of personnel. The goal of the calculation is that we hope the medical personnel of risk level 1 in the country, regardless of county or city, will receive the shots. We hope those who are eligible for them, whether by their original registration or related personnel, will be 100% covered. For Taipei and New Taipei, people belonging to risk levels 2 and 3 will be 100% covered. Of course, after the allotment, everyone will get vaccinated according to the order of priority. If you need anything or are in a problem situation, please report to the command center at any time. In the vaccine allotment, people in risk level 1 are medical personnel. Those in risk levels 2 and 3 in Taipei and New Taipei include epidemic prevention personnel at the central and local governments, crew members of international flights and international merchant ships, drivers of epidemic control vehicles, frontline workers who manage home quarantiners, and members of other high-risk groups. The CECC is considering revising its home quarantine rules amid rising COVID deaths, many of which occurred unexpectedly while the patients were quarantined at home or in designated quarantine centers. It may decide that in the future, only those under the age of 60 with no history of chronic diseases can be quarantined at home. The rest will be sent to hospitals or quarantine centers where they'll be closely monitored. With daily number of new cases in the hundreds, COVID deaths have also been on the rise, many of which were sudden deaths that occurred at home or in quarantine centers due to silent hypoxia, which is when the body is deprived of adequate oxygen supply without experiencing shortness of breath. In response, the CECC is drafting new hospitalization guidelines so as to closer monitor patients' blood oxygen levels. Some risk factors for severe COVID symptoms include, evidently, advanced age as well as underlying conditions such as high blood pressure and diabetes. But that is not to say that young people will not experience severe symptoms. The CECC Specialist Advisory Panel has laid out new guidelines for hospitalization. Patients with little or no symptoms under the age of 60 and with no underlying conditions will be home quarantined. As for those above the age of 60 and those under 60 but with underlying conditions, they will be sent to medical or quarantine centers where they would be closely monitored. Patients with severe symptoms will be sent directly to hospitals for treatment. Doctors have also reminded patients to keep a close eye on their conditions. 
Patients should directly report to health authorities if their respiratory rate exceeds 30 breaths per minute, their blood oxygen level drops below 95%, or if they experience tightness or pain in the chest or shortness of breath. Young patients should also stay vigilant. In severe cases, the most crucial condition to look out for is shortness of breath. If you feel like you're running out of breath, then you must know that this is a very dangerous symptom. And if you experience this, you must report to health authorities immediately for treatment. Whether the outbreak can be overcome still depends on the vaccination rate that may lead to herd immunity. Health Minister Chen Shizhong recently pledged to have 60% of the population receive the first dose by October. That translates to about 13.8 million people. This means around 110,000 doses will have to be administered daily in order to reach this target, one that would not be reached given the current rate of vaccination. If there are enough doses, then maybe we can consider mass inoculation, for example, by administering vaccines in large stadiums or other similar venues. On the other hand, if there are only around a dozen or so cases in a neighborhood, then maybe we can consider loosening restrictions in these neighborhoods. Doctors believe that in light of the flattening of community infection trends in Western countries, where vaccination rates have not yet reached 60 percent, it may well be possible for Taiwan to contain the outbreak before reaching herd immunity. Still, whether vaccination rates will speed up depends on the arrival of vaccine shipments. With case numbers rising in the greater Taipei area, Taipei Mayor Ke Wenzhe held a meeting Sunday morning to discuss level four drills. Issues addressed in the meeting included traffic management, the closure of schools and businesses, rationing of essential goods, movement restrictions, and expansion of COVID testing in the communities. At level four, people will only be allowed out for essential activities. All public events are to be canceled and masks are to be worn at all times, even indoors. Regional lockdowns may also be in place, meaning traffic restrictions will be imposed at bridges linking Taipei and New Taipei. However, Mayor Ke also said on Sunday afternoon that the Wanhua community outbreak is gradually being contained and that case numbers have started to drop, so a full lockdown is unlikely at present. Still, many any slip may lead to breakdown in the COVID containment efforts, so drills were still being held. A resident of a small city in Jiayi has made headlines for his unique response to the pandemic. A man surnamed Lin has written COVID advice all over his car in an effort to encourage neighbors to wear masks. Since the introduction of the new mask rules, he noticed that many people in the community weren't following them. And so he decided to make his feelings known. A black car daubed with white exhortations to maintain social distancing. On the bonnet, the simple message, masks are important. And a big pink cloth like a gigantic mask, decorated with a real mask on top. 
，晒水是不是？人愈愈愈明显。这来个专做看有地带啊，无这我也是做美工的，这咱也无法度做个做个几水。Mr. Lin, a resident of Pudzi City in Jai, was unhappy to see older citizens in his neighborhood neglecting to wear masks. To encourage them to pick up the habit, he's turned his beloved car into a proselytizing tool. On every side, it urges neighbors to take COVID seriously. It makes lots of people take notice. The car is painted like this mainly to say, "Wear a mask while the pandemic continues. Wash your hands. Stay at home. Don't gather in groups." COVID cases are not going down yet. CECC chief Chen Shizhong is concerned rural areas could help the virus spread. He's urging everyone to wear a mask when they go out, and he's getting stricter now too. Fines for not wearing a mask are increasing. It's so severe in the north, and the same in the south. Older citizens need to listen. Lots of them don't want to wear masks. People should act with self-respect and not wait for someone to catch it, and then everyone panics after the first case. The car is certainly a big reminder for anyone out and about without a mask. Mr. Lin hopes his whole community will pull together to stop the virus taking hold in Pudzi. With the arrival of the first weather front of the plum rain season, heavy downpours have occurred from Taichung all the way south to Gaoshong, providing some relief to the current drought. One reservoir in central Taiwan saw a 57-millimeter rise in its water level. Although a typhoon may form east of the Philippines sometime tomorrow, it doesn't look like it'll affect Taiwan much. So people are still advised to conserve water. The thick clouds hung over northern Taiwan was the preamble to the subsequent rainfall that was ushered in by the first weather front of the plum rain season. At 9 o'clock Sunday morning, the Central Weather Bureau issued heavy rain warnings for central and southern Taiwan, with the heaviest rain in the Zhanghua area. The weather front, along with the moisture carried over by the southwest monsoon, is expected to bring heavy rainfall in the coming two days. According to the CWB, the rainfall will persist until June 1. In the evening today, the central and northern regions may still experience sporadic heavy rainfall. This compact weather front also helped give some relief to the parched reservoirs, but the public is still advised to conserve water, as Yonghesan Reservoir is still at a mere 2.4% capacity. The Senkan Baoshan Reservoir, which supplies water to the Xinju Science Park, is still running low at around 2.6% storage. The most increases were recorded at Lirutan and Dezi reservoirs, which are now at 1% and 1.3% respectively. Baihe Reservoir is still completely empty. The convection system has actually brought very heavy rains. In fact, Zhanghua and its surrounding areas have accumulated around 200 millimeters of rainfall. The previously parched reservoirs in central and southern regions had clear intakes, with Lirutan Reservoir getting the most at 57.69 millimeters, followed by Second Baoshan Reservoir at 52.7 millimeters, and Zhengwen Reservoir at 48.6 millimeters. The Water Resources Agency is confident the weather front will continue to bring rain. 
All the major reservoirs have seen their water levels go up, with the most gains recorded in central Taiwan. Since there will be heavier rainfall today, we expect more rain to go into our reservoirs. The tropical low east of Luzon may develop into Typhoon Choi Wan, but its effect on Taiwan appears to be minimal. Though the weather front has marked the beginning of the plum rain season and brought some relief to the drought, the reservoirs are still far from being replenished. People are still advised to conserve water. Taiwan's manufacturing sector has been hit hard this year as the country grapples with its worst drought in decades. With reservoirs drying up nationwide, authorities have turned their attention to alternative water resources, such as water that's reclaimed from sewage. It sounds far-fetched, but the results may surprise you. Tonight in our Sunday special report, we take you inside sewage treatment plants to see how they turn wastewater into a lifeline in times of drought. Step into the wastewater treatment plant at Taoyuanstashi District and the first thing you'll see is this mechanical filter. It's like a small escalator that picks up bits and pieces of brown litter from the water. All the wastewater from kitchens, bathrooms, balconies, from washing clothes, it all gets collected here. According to the Water Resources Agency, Taiwan residents used an average of 289 liters of water per day in 2020. Once used, all the water ends up making its way to a sewage treatment plant. Currently, there are 70 wastewater treatment plants that process up to 3.3 million tons of water every day. But we intend to build more. As long as we see an opportunity for one, as long as there are suitable locations, we'll continue to build more. The plants offer a very stable water supply, more stable than reservoirs. At reservoirs, if there's no rain, there's no water. But as long as there are people who are alive, there will always be wastewater. The wastewater here contains human waste and a variety of cleaning agents. But before it can become a usable resource, it needs to get sanitized. This is the biodegradation process, which employs microorganisms from the natural world. They eat up the organic components as nutrients. The primary treatment phase removes solids through filtering and sedimentation. Then the wastewater is pumped here for the secondary treatment, in which the biological content gets degraded. After going through the secondary treatment, the water already looks clear. Pass it through a tertiary process to disinfect it, and you'll obtain the highest grade of water produced at this plant. This plant in Taoyuan's Dashi district releases 2,500 tons of processed effluent every day. The treated effluent gets poured back into the environment, improving the water quality at local rivers. Officials say that in times of drought, that water can be put to good use by Taiwan's industrial sector. Every day, the Bali sewage treatment plant can produce one million tons of processed wastewater. If that water were piped along the West Coast Expressway, it could be used in industrial parks in Taoyuan, which are 45 kilometers away, and Xinju Science Park, 75 kilometers away. It would take only 200,000 tons of water a day to solve the water problems at Xinju Science Park and Taoyuan's industrial parks. Over in Kaohsiung, there's a central district sewage treatment plant, which produces 750,000 tons of effluent daily. The plant could put an end to water issues in Kaohsiung Science Park and the Southern Taiwan Science Park. 
The wastewater processing complexes in New Taipei and Kaohsiung are the biggest and second biggest facilities of their kind in Taiwan. Together, they process up to 2 million tons of sewage every day, or 60% of all wastewater in Taiwan. But the water they put out can't be put to use by manufacturers, as the processes at both plants end at the primary treatment level. They were some of the earliest projects. Back then, the idea was to build a plant that could process a lot of wastewater in one go. Their wastewater gets discharged farther away to mix with seawater at appropriate levels. In Taiwan, about 70% of water is destined for agriculture, 20% to private households, and 10% for industrial use. Experts say that upgrading household wastewater treatment plants so that they can carry out tertiary treatment would be a cheaper solution for industrial users than building new desalinization plants. Say you want to use seawater. The desalination plant project in Tainan costs 17.5 billion NT and will produce 200,000 tons of water. If you were to upgrade the Bali sewage treatment plant so that it can produce 200 tons of water, it would cost only 10 billion NT. It'd be so much cheaper. But the question is whether recycled water is truly clean enough for the use of industrial users. Usually, wastewater is released back into the ecosystem after disinfection. At our plant, we take some of the treated water and pump it into our water recycling plant. To date, Fengshan Water Resources Center is the only wastewater processing plant in Taiwan that sells reclaimed water to industrial users. Currently, the plant processes an average of 80,000 tons of water every day. Before, we used to discharge the processed water. Now we're almost like a water utility company. We sell the water. It was a breakthrough for us, for that to become another business. Wastewater that's undergone tertiary treatment can be used as a coolant in industrial processes. For the water to be fit for other industrial uses, it has to first go through more treatment. The water gets an additional round of filtering and disinfection. Although inferior to regular tap water in terms of organic matter content and color, the purified water is good enough for general industrial applications. It can be refined even further to remove calcium and magnesium ions through reverse osmosis. Reverse osmosis is basically the same as home water filters. It's just that these can filter a much larger volume of water. This highly treated wastewater is even more pure than tap water and can be used in the tech industry. We are at a China steel plant in Kaohsiung. Here, a pipe 80 centimeters wide pumps in reclaimed water from the Fengshan Water Resources Center. Every day, the company goes through 125,000 tons of water, one-third of which is reclaimed. In our production process, we absolutely need to have enough water to protect the furnace. So this water is extremely important for us. China Steel Corporation has requirements on water quality parameters, including conductivity and turbidity. We have to keep the end user's requirements in mind and process the water accordingly. In the future, water purification plants may have a key role in Taiwan's industrial development. But for the people who live near these purification plants, they are more bane than blessing.
Back in the day, water reclamation plants were built on the outskirts of cities. But as more buildings began connecting to public sewage systems and new developments sprung up, more plants were needed to manage the wastewater. Although the plants perform an important function, it's hard to convince locals to welcome one into their community. We are at a new water treatment facility in Taoyuan, near the National Taiwan Sports University station on the Taoyuan Metro. This plant processes 2,800 tons of wastewater every day. That's roughly the amount produced by two to 3,000 households. Everyone was very concerned. They wondered whether the wastewater treatment plant would affect housing prices or lower the quality of life here. We all had the preconceived notion that it would be a horrible development. The center started operations in January 2021. The complex was designed in a way that keeps all processing equipment concealed underground. The wastewater plant is only 10 meters away from a social housing complex. If we didn't put the equipment underground and didn't cover up the wastewater, even if we used odor management equipment, people would still have their reservations about the plant. Inside the complex, a yellow pipe is a key component of the odor control system. The yellow pipe is part of a system that manages smells from the wastewater ponds. The odors go through the yellow pipe onto that yellow deodorizing unit back there. All the air passes through this massive deodorizer before being pumped outside. At the back, there is a big exhaust fan that pushes the air out. There's only mountain over there, no houses. In the future, the water treated by the plant will be supplied to a nearby industrial park. Currently, it's used to water foliage and to control dust. For the local government, the goal is to find a use for all the water that's processed by the plant. In times of drought, sewage treatment plants can become an important source of water that's needed for industrial development. From now to 2026, there'll be 11 plants providing 195,600 tons of reclaimed water. Climate change is getting worse and worse, which we're seeing from the situation this year. As this is happening, the concept of reusing water is taking root in Taiwan. I think that society is coming to accept the idea of using reclaimed water. There's still a long road ahead, officials say. But one day in the future, advanced sewage treatment could be Taiwan's best answer in times of drought.